podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. We're all whistle, and this is true. We love to do the things that we're not supposed to do. We don't need robbing, stealing, or mugging. In fact, don't take it seriously. We're only bugging. <laughs> Hello, my name is Mark Webster, and welcome to the 200th edition of the Whistleblowers. Yes, indeed, we have finally reached that number, the same number that Pep Guardiola got to in, in being offered the job at Manchester City. And as a direct result, lads, I'm, I'm pleased to say, uh, for the next 30 minutes or so, all of our conversation will be held with laminated cards. Yeah. Which... Now I've said that out loud, might not work quite as well as I thought. Am I getting this wrong? Pellegrini should have eaten the bacon sandwich properly. He'd be all right then, wouldn't he? He'd be in. City fans would still love him. What's I still generally don't understand what Pellegrini's doing wrong. Hold on. Let me... Kimmy Day, everybody. <laughs> Press on. They know the miserable moment. Yes, they indeed do. But, you know, for the, for the great I, unwashed. I, I, don't, I seriously don't understand what the problem... The problem with Pellegrini just seems to be image. The football's really... I know he hasn't delivered... Technically, because God forbid they're only going to finish second and be in the Champions League anyway. But he's, he seems like a decent fellow. He's delivered good football. And from Christmas, it's simply been about who's going to replace him. Looks like the eagle from the Muppets. Um, Alan Alga is alongside us here. I'm delighted to say, because he's, he's a, a voice from the Arsenal podcast, of course. But Al, you should introduce yourself, because beyond the Arsenal, you, di- you go so... You, the, the, the depths you go to football... That sounds like a problem now, doesn't it? Like, you, you go quite a long way down the football pyramid. Let's put it that way. If you wouldn't mind explaining yourself. Sounds the, like a the, Jeremy, the depths that you go to. Sounds like a Jeremy Kyle headline across the bottom. <laughs> exactly. goes a long way down the football pyramid. Not sure I can get back out of this. but no, uh, yes. dig, dig about that also. No, Mark, as you know, I spent uh, seven seasons working in the football conference. Yes. That came to an end uh, in the summer and uh, now working for uh, leading bookmaker Betway, uh, West Ham sponsors. But uh, had seven good seasons in the conference and uh, looking forward to the playoff final this weekend and backing up the conference accordingly but of course as you say uh, your own hard-earned money gets spent down at the arsenal so after I, before sorry before oh, that, just 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 on the championship uh, sorry I'm, I'm really quite interested in this because as a well i'm a middle-aged man when i was younger if there was no league football to be seen in south london you would go to tootenham mitchum wimbledon and non-league bromley the non-league felt really part of the football community in a way that now, it doesn't seem that way now. Does the conference then feel like just a fifth division, or does it feel like its own? Self? Does it feel like there is the interest in non-league football? The top football? of its own world. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's it's not the worst market employee ever for them to think that they're top of something different because top of something is yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sounds better than being somewhere in the middle. But I think. Because we've had the relegation issue for years where football league clubs have come into that division, unfortunately their stance towards this, and I've got to mention our good friend Twitter, their stance towards this, and now probably exacerbated by Twitter, means that 
those clubs take a very different attitude to being down there. It's all about, let's get out of here as quick as possible. So there's no real positivity within that league. From the, embracing from the, the world you're in. Yeah, exactly. Well in from that those football league clubs. Right. Hence, Grimsby Town going into the final this weekend. Their hashtag all season has been out of this league. Wow, and that really? this is the emphasis in that, in that right. three-word uh, title. We'll, we'll as just, in, let's get we'll, out of this we'll, league. We'll so, discuss so, this later. Yeah, no, but one last question. So the irony is that in the, in the 60s, 70s and 80s, when you had to be re-elected, it was almost impossible to get thrown out of the Football League. There was more affection and more sort of community feeling. Absolutely, because it was, <laughs> it was non-league and there was a barrier between the two. Now it's just a filter between teams that are having a shocking League Two season and going out of business or being yeah. deducted points like Luton. But it does make it a, a, a very competitive division with a great mixture of teams. Yeah, and we'll, and we'll look at how you think it's going to go at the back end of, uh, the, of the pod here today. But first, let's go to the other end of that. Let's go to the pointy end, you know, while we're here. Apex? Apex? Yes, it is. Yeah. The top what's, end. The top of the What's the other two corners called there for? Well, the apex is not technically. A no, it's, no, it's not the pyramid. It's a, no, that's, pinnacle. It's a pinnacle. Top. No, that's not. The, there's, there's, <laughs> come on, we did this at school, everyone. It's the, it's the t- there's the sharp, there's the acute angle, and then the two oblique angles. There's obtuse. On the, 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 there's obtuse, obtuse, not angle. oblique. No, I'm the oblique one and the obtuse one. Um, well, you're quite <laughs> obtuse because you've just lost about 35 listeners. Yeah, I was. I was going <laughs> to. Oh my god! Your determination to carry on with this cold as hell. I'm there. <laughs> I should have just gone with a complete equilateral triangle and this would never have been an issue. Arsenal, um, do they need second or will third take it? Because, of course, you've got this... There's a moral issue you've got here, isn't there? You've got a cup final coming up. He's under the usual pressure, uh, pressure the manager, as, as, as to being, you know, the perennial failure. But would second in an FA Cup final do against this sort of like the Chelsea machine? Well, going, going to the game last night, I was thinking to myself, well... And, and I've been a critic of Arsene Wenger for anyone that, that listens to the Arsenal podcast. I, I like to call myself a Wenger realist, but what I really mean there is that I probably challenge those people that overrate him rather than those that, that criticise him. But I just think, it, I was going to the game last night and I thought to myself, well, second and an FA Cup, that is progress. I think a lot of people would have probably replied back to me and, and you know, said that I was wrong and, and that they have made progress. But then the team throwing a performance like they did last night and you, you suddenly think to yourself, it is about the motivation of the players. It is about the organisation of the players. And I still don't think he's got that. And if they were to still pull second out of the bag, it's not, it's not completely over. I mean, they still can do it. I, I think it will be classed as progress. But the, the one stat that I looked at today, Arsenal against their fellow top nine in the division... They've only had four wins, which is the which is the least of all the teams in there against the other teams in the top right, nine. Right, so they're the least so impressive myth, against their col- exactly. against their but you must direct have, competitors. So you this must myth, realise, uh, you must realise, Alan, how it sounds to other fans, not just in the Premier League, but uh, pretty much ninety nine clubs. Yeah, yeah. When we're actually having a discussion about whether third in the Premier League and winning the FA Cup. No, it sounds ridiculous, but then again... It does sound, and also playing... How many many games since you last lost at home in the Premier League? The quality of the football you're playing, it's... it's, It it seems... It's like Newcastle fans, be careful what you wish for. Because this assumption is that Wenger goes and whoever comes in turns you into a title-winning machine. It's kind of... It's very odd for an outsider to understand why... why I understand that. I mean, you, you make two points here. The first one is that... Yeah, I mean, I've spent so much time in non-league and down there that as soon as I do sort of criticise where I'm coming from, I am sort of very much sort of wrapped on the knuckles by people that support Wrexham who have like suffered 
six six seasons in in the conference well, and, also, not and still looks like they, 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 they won't. <laughs> you're about as schizophrenic so, an individual as you could possibly wish to so, work for. So exactly. Perfect. So exactly. My, my but wife's but from North Wales, so I can say that. I was just about to tell him my family are up there too. But we're level. And 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 the other thing to say is that that. You say be careful what you wish for, but I still think there are managers out there that can get more from the resource and the squad that Wenger's had at his disposal over that time. And I think that was clearly displayed by Gary Monk coming with a very good plan last night. Getting lucky in places, but you know Arsenal did shoot at his keeper a number of times to make it look as if he had a good game, yeah. and, and and going away with a one 0 win. So I, I, I don't oh, think there's any. Explain this other conundrum to me as well, which is the the. the... I've got a lot of friends who are Arsenal fans, a lot of comedians who are Arsenal fans, a lot of writers. The performance they're going on about the most is away at Man City, which was the, the most functional, least attractive Arsenal performance. Yeah. And they're all talking about that. We could do if Arsenal were to do that week in, week out at home, Arsenal fans wouldn't accept that. Look at the way they criticised Chelsea. Chelsea, that Man City away performance is how our Arsenal perceived Chelsea to have played all season. Arsenal wouldn't accept that to win the title. If, if I made everybody, well, see... <laughs> All right, everyone. All right. Okay. I'm going to do it again. Oh, Swansea. Welsh Swansea or Welsh Sea? Yeah. I see. Because they're like Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. But seven or eight positions lower. Yeah, I'll get you. And moving on, Al. But that's the conundrum for me, though, because yeah. that, that, suddenly that Man City performance becomes a touchstone. And yet, so are Arsenal fans hankering for the George Graham, the 1 0 to the Arsenal? Or do they not Look, bother about the. Look, there, 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 there are so many. For, 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 for silver. Will you take that change? There are so many. There are so many new fans over at the Emirates now that they probably even don't remember or weren't even there at the time when George Graham was there. Which to me is sad. To others is just progress, and that's time moving on. And I'm stuck in my ways and old. (laughs) But I, I just think that there's a time and a place for performances like that. Away at Manchester City is a time and a place for, for that kind of performance. But if you have an ongoing game plan that actually adapts to your opposition, which is something that Alison Wenger never wants to, to do, then you, you won't get the best from your squad. And you will always drop those little points here and there that mean you'll, you, you'll just be close. And I, I've read, just before, just before last night's game, the amount of times I read Arsenal were one or two players away from challenging for the title. Well... I've read that so many times now that those words have lost meaning. We've read those words seven or eight and, years. And they've been repeated again yeah. in the last few weeks. I, I should ask, you know, in, in, in relation to last night's game, uh, Wenger said uh, they refused to play, they just defended. Uh, you win, you're fantastic, you lose, why didn't you play, was his reaction to Gary Mugger. And I said, and we get three points, which I thought is a perfectly reasonable reaction there. They did their job. Kevin, it's uh, City on 73 points, Arsenal on 70 with a game in hand, Man United on 68. Um, of those three, who, who's it important, most important for to get the guaranteed slot, would you suggest? Because well, Van, Van Gogh came in with a load of grace, didn't he? But now he's got United there. Second and third don't make a lot of difference in the scheme of things. Only for Champions League. Only for Champions League. No, that's what I mean. But it, even then, it's the, it's, you don't want to finish fourth. Yeah. Neither second or third go into a... They're straight into the draw, aren't they? Yes, exactly. Well, the Man United team, I have to say, the Man United team, one of the reasons I'm so furious with Michael Oliver on uh, Saturday is that Man United team I saw are without a doubt the worst. As, a, as a somebody who loves the history of football and the position of football and whose favourite player is George Best, there's a part of me that wants 
to see classic Man United teams, teams with flair, teams with... Uh, that Man United team on Saturday, apart from Ashley Young's performance as assistant ref, he's come along <laughs> leaps and bounds. That was the worst Man United team. He's rediscovered team. His, his vintage Aston Villa years, has not he? Yeah. This, this time last season, we lost 2-0 at home to Man United. And it's one of those games where you walk away going, that was a fair result. Mm. To be, you know, they, yeah. they were a better team than us. Saturday, you walked away furious because second half, we battered them. We absolutely battered them. And it's not just the paucity of their squad... It's the quality of their football. Their football is so limited, and they went long balls so quickly. And you could see the relief in beating that. That was. It's it's essential for United to get the Champions League. It's essential because I, I generally think if they don't, I, I they've don't got... think they come in this season with that though. Did they? Didn't he have a, Didn't oh, he have a honeymoon know. year? No, he must have had the remit to be top four. Must because be, if you yeah. think four, about all yeah. The, uh, yeah, and you think about all the other teams that that were around, I think it was very obvious that Liverpool had weakened. Maybe not to the extent that they had, but. You know, the, 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 with three games to go, the top four is confirmed. And yeah. I don't think anyone would have thought that after Moyes how, left. But, how also, do you but, United, but I've got to say, United, depending on who United get in the qualifying game, they're going to they're gonna have to pull out some good performances. Right. Something, something Arsenal yeah. have, have been good at doing, winning that fourth place, fourth place game yeah. and, and, and getting through and consistently they've getting quali- through. They've done the qualifying round every, very well, haven't they? Yeah, every time. But although that, that, that away leg does sometimes cause fatigue coming back yeah. at the yeah. weekend, and on, on it, it tra- knocks you out your stride. It'd be and good it, not I, to have say, it. I'm serious about it. I'm genuinely disappointed at seeing a poor Man United side. Genuinely yeah. disappointed about that. Okay, but all we need to know is, do we think... City, City now sitting in pole position there for that too, but that game in hand. What's your game in hand? Sunderland. Swansea, uh, sorry, Sunderland. Uh, Sunderland at home. Okay, yeah. big. Yeah, Sunderland at home. Right, so. And Sunderland can do to you what Swansea did. They're so well organised now. So what, what, yeah, they are what, now. What, what do you reckon now? What's your, what's well, your guess? Well, th- the key game is this weekend, uh, Manuel uh, home to us, um, and. That, would, that, was, that almost picks, it, picks itself then, doesn't it? Yeah, so yeah. I, think, I, th- I actually think uh, Arsenal have got this. Uh, this thing of having the wake-up call and then responding. And last night could well have been the wake-up call for that squad. But they've woken up since January, though. Since, almost since do you know, do you know what? I, and I've said this so many times and been shouted down, but the, the City performance, as you said, wasn't that easy on the eye, but it was a great result. Outside of that, there haven't been many good games. They've won, though. The, well, no, the Tottenham away game they lost. Yeah. Um, the Monaco game where they, they lost in the Champions League. A lot of games there where we scraped by. I think we were very lucky at your place. Very lucky indeed. That could easily have been yes, yeah, true, easy yeah. have been two two. Yes. So we haven't actually performed in the way that an Arsenal team performs when they play well. Because under Arsenal Wenger, the Arsenal but teams that have played well have been winning three so four nil. Right, well, another, another question so, is then: if, if Guardiola is not going to Man City, and it looks like Klopp doesn't want to go to Arsenal, or Arsenal don't think he's a good mm. enough manager anymore because of his performance this season. Who are we looking at? Because neither team will accept a manager from who's managing another Premier League club. So it's obviously going to be a continental manager. Yeah. So who are the obvious candidates that are going to come in and be better than Wenger and better than Pellegrini? I don't know. You've got to trust someone to make that call because I don't think anyone would have said when Bruce Rioch left that, uh, well, who are you going to get? And David Dean comes and pulls you know, the best, one of the best rabbits out of the hat. Because, don't get me wrong, I do appreciate that he has been a good manager at Arsenal. He inherited a very well-organised defence that complemented his strategy well. And I, I always go back to this on the, on the Arsenal podcast a lot of the time. I won't go through the whole history of Arsene Wenger at Arsenal. But in that first season, the first full season he had, which was 97-98... 
they started appallingly. Mm. And we lost at home against the Blackburn side that weren't the good Blackburn side that we'd seen around the late 90s. And we lost 3-1 at home. And there were people in the road, outside Avenal Road, outside the dressing room, calling for Wenger's head. We'd just been knocked out of the UEFA Cup by Payuk Salonika on away goals at home. The he was absolutely well, desperate. And that was the weekend that Adams and Keown took Wenger aside and said to him, you need to play either Vieira or Petit in a defensive role when the other one's going forward. They can't both go forward at the same time. Right. We're getting caught out too many times. So if anything... The tactical change that won Arsenal the first double was suggested by Adams and Keown. Well, Do you know what? Also... He's, now, his Wenger thing goes back quite a long way yeah. now. I've got to say, no, listen, also, no, we've got, no, we've no, got very, to move on. We've no, very quickly, you, talk, you talked to Arsenal players who were in that team at the time, and I won't mention any names, but you're easy enough to work out how they are, just look down the, your old programmes. Yeah. They all, thought that they, they all talk about Wenger not letting them have sugar in their tea on the trains, on the away trains, about making them eat green vegetables. They all thought he was a lunatic. Yeah. He had his own way. Uh, 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 yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Too long. Need to who's move play, on. Who's playing then? No, yeah, too long. Yeah, exactly. Toulouse. <laughs> Lyon. Lyon C. Um, no manager a month for the bloke who won it. Fair enough, Al? Um, I used to pick these in the conference, so oh, I can I relate this. You see, this is the I thing. I can relate this. Now, what we, I, I used to get emails from chairman of clubs, emails from managers, <laughs> even texts from, che- from managers saying, why haven't I won it this month? They'd always forget, like they'd add a January game to February and i say, look, I'm doing this and I'm doing it properly. You're adding in other games, then telling your fans you should have won it. I've got a pencil, yeah, so I've, I've worked it out. At least be factually correct. But what, <laughs> what used to happen was, the team that won the title would go, three wins, a draw, a loss. Three wins, a draw, a loss. Three wins, a draw, yeah. a loss. It wouldn't ever be the best record monthly but if you added it all together, it'd be the best record of a season. And, and, and looking, just glancing over that when you mentioned that this would be a subject, I think that's exactly what Jose's done. He hasn't actually gone and produced one of those months where he's won every single game and beaten a real title he's, rival. He doesn't do sexy, and, and he needed a sexy month. Would that be, well, the, also, would that I be think, fair? I think he's on. I like the fact that he says it doesn't bother me. It seriously doesn't bother me. But here's all Although the, he brought it the, up in the first place. <laughs> but I think he's on safer ground on the fact that he didn't win it last time he won it. He didn't win Manager of the Year last time he won it, did he? No, that went to... Uh, Moyes, didn't it? Uh, yeah, Moyes with Everton, was yeah, it? Yeah, which I think he's on safer ground, because surely... I know, I know Tony Pulis won it last year, and I, I understand those. Are, surely, automatically, the manager of the year is the manager who wins the Premier League. And I don't care whether he's got the best squad, but that's no, got to be, isn't it? But, but, but with, the, with, the, with sniff of around, but think people like Nigel Pearson, yeah. you know, for Ruck... You know, no, the, no, the, no, no, well, no, 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 hang on. No, because, only because, no, no not, the reason I say it, Kevin, is because... It's been an emotional choice every yeah. month. Anyway, but you're, on, you're, you're yeah. on very dangerous ground when you make it a pound for pound yes. settlement. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. And, and and again, I can relate this back to the job and accomplishment. We used to pick manager of the year as well, and you know sometimes you sort of add in the FA Trophy and the team that had come second by a point or something like that. And most of the time, the easiest way with less grief was to give it to the person that won the title. Doesn't make it interesting. You might as well say that that just comes along that with the title. That's a given anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, How? the one that most argument is, is caused by the team of the year in each division. Yeah. Because that just infuriates. Because yeah. everybody's got, you know, every club has got, you know, it's only three or four clubs got a contender for manager of the year, but every club's got a player that they, their fans think should be in team of the yeah. year. And that really causes genuine arguments. 
you know, because there is a case there. You can't just say, right, 11 Chelsea players are the team of the year. Well, but no, but, but Chelsea dominated it in terms of that selection. And, and, and it, it moves on to the next point is that as we sit here, I know that I think he's getting his crown again tonight, is Aiden hasn't got the, uh, the clean sweep. And this is on the weekend. This is, and that's the football writers giving it to him as well. Yeah. And this is on the weekend that John Terry gets, what is it, uh, uh, he's, he's got um, the, the highest ever sort of like goal tally for a defender. He's, he, he once again has sort of led his team to, to famous victory. Um, I talked to um, Sam Pilger about this, who's, who's one of our guests, Ma- Manchester United fan, and of course, uh, very well-known football journalist. Who votes in the football rights. And he, vo- yeah. he, he told us a couple of weeks ago that yeah. he voted for Harry Kane. And I asked him about this. I said, you know, where would you have gone? He said, I've gone John Terry third, actually. But the point he made, which I thought was interesting, he said, voting is probably still influenced by events of recent years. Yeah. Now, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not sitting here to defend any of those events that happened in the previous years, but I'm amazed if, that's, if, 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 if those politics with the, I guess, with the small P and the PR out have come into this. Um. I mean, you follow me on Twitter, Mark. I made a statement at the weekend, and I definitely stand by this. And I know all three of us are from London. But I firmly, firmly believe that if John Terry was a northerner and or played for a northern club, he would get far more credit than he does at Chelsea. But playing for Ponzi Chelsea, he doesn't get quite the plaudits he should do. But I do understand that there's a lot of people that are anti-Chelsea. There's a lot of people that are anti-John Terry, some with good reason. But a lot of people are given a lot of leeway from those northern clubs for the kind of things that John Terry has done. But still, that's put aside when you're judging their football ability. Is there there a metropolitan issue here? There's a certain anti-London. There is. There's no point denying it. Yeah, everybody's not from well, London. And, and, and the great Chelsea, the, the all-powerful Chelsea. You everybody's know. not from London will be screaming at this guy and they'll be daft. But it's not. I think there's also an anti-defender bias in these sort of things Definitely, as well. Definitely. Yeah. That, you, yeah. you look at the good got, point. I'm doing the Palace Player of the Year tomorrow night. From my perspective, Scott Dan's a Palace Player of the Year without any doubt. But. I understand that those people go, well, it should be Jason Puncheon, he's, he's creative, he scores great goals, it should be Balassi, he's exciting. Glenn Murray, emotionally, has been a really good story, but people don't look at defenders because defenders do their job. It's hard to, to, to yeah. pick out. But hasn't he done his job exceptionally, John, though, John Terry? John, and, play, and, and I, playing every I, I game, think, doing so. I think it's a great shame John Terry's not still in the England squad, but the, the thing is, you don't... The only thing you pick out, it's like with Damien Delaney, who's, who's a brilliant centre-half, and he, he makes these occasional fantastic... Uh, shot stopping tackles, but only because he gave the ball away in the first place. <laughs> yeah. The best, the very best defenders, the, the very best defenders are like referees in the, in the sense that you don't, you just assume they're going to have it. It's like Julius Peroni gets overlooked now, yeah, because yeah, of course he makes world class saves. That's what he does all the time. The really good centre backs, you generally don't notice what they're doing until it's pointed out to you by a, a defensive pundit. But, but the ones who stand out, it's like Hazard stands out, Oscar stands out, the Fabregas stands out, the, the, you know, Sanchez stands out because they do the exciting things. It that probably you makes sense. Right, you do yeah. have to be exceptional. Yeah. And I think, yeah. I think that, I mean, their goals conceded rate is around sort of zero point eight per yeah. game, something yeah. like that. Yeah. They, but. There, there have been better defences down the years that, that haven't had any of their defenders um, yeah, yeah. Given, given this Did Tony this Adams accolade. ever get it? I think Tony Adams won the young player yeah, yeah. in one of the earlier seasons right. but, uh, where Arsenal but were could, under George You could George almost Graham, give it to Adams every year, couldn't you? If, you could have done at Arsenal. Yeah, I mean, no, the, that's you know, I think there was one season we conceded yeah. something like 16 yeah. goals yeah. in 1991. John, John Terry has... It would be Burkham or Henri, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, John Terry doesn't... 
help himself with some of his, you know, changing into his kit antics. I mean, the, no. the Metropolitan thing is interesting because it's almost like Frank Lampard probably... I've I, 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 I forgotten like, that. Sorry, I just didn't say. I've forgotten that for a moment and I'm now smiling. My inner child is smiling at the floor <laughs> right. and I hope everybody else is. I've forgotten that he changed into his kit at a drop of a hat. <laughs> and moving on. Yeah, sorry, Kevin. <laughs> well, that's one of the things I like about Mourinho is the fact that he talks up... He went without a lot of notice. He talks up London football. Yeah. And again, I think it's partly due to the bias of a lot of the national press that his speech about how exciting and how passionate London football was, he said it goes under the radar because people talk about the Manchester derbies, Liverpool derbies. He said the reason it's hard to win the, champion, the Premier League if you're a London club is because you're playing, playing 12, derbies. 14 derbies. And, oh, so, yeah, and he keep, said people keep... don't understand that, that London derbies are as passionate... As any other derby. QPR didn't roll over and lose 6 0 against well, Chelsea, I, did they? I mean, no, like, no, but they, they, no, they were off no. for their lives against Chelsea and yeah. they were off for their lives against Arsenal and they yeah. played actually very well that night. Actually, so there's a lot to do with the motivation of. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to talk about QPR in a moment, actually, just, just in case you've got any inside knowledge on this, Al. But, but first of all, when we talk about this here, Kevin, you're, you know, Palace are going to go and see the final home concert on the Farewell Tour of, of, of Steven Gerrard, obviously. Um, we are, and uh, if you're a betting man, uh, put your money on eight, nine penalties. Yeah, because they will keep <laughs> giving penalties we, until, one. until he gets we, one. We had a meeting. Uh, <laughs> we had a sort of we have an odds meeting at Betway every every Monday, yeah. just sort of suggesting what's coming up for the week. Everything will be dominated by Gerard. I was going to ask you, at yeah, the weekend. I, I, and I, what price is he to score at the cop end? We've got we've we're going to actually go a special price of about four to one. Oh, he also really? No, but I'll, I'll have I'll, as, I'll, as, I'll as I was saying that I thought that's too big. He's, 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 yeah. he's bound to score at that end. They'll be diving I, all over the place. The Stephen, uh, Stephen, I understand Stephen Gerrard's comments about Chelsea fans. Oddly enough, on the Palace podcast, I, I, I thought, I that was, I, to be fair to him, I thought that that was a man in, you know, he's a bloke who's not very good at media, who was a deer in the headlights, yeah, yeah. who said something. He, he was a bit uncomfortable about saying something too nice about the opposition. But, on, yeah. on the Palace podcast, I do. Quite a few people uh, commented on my hypocrisy because five minutes after I had said in response to a question we got that even if the apocalypse had just happened and there were only two people left in the world, I wouldn't wear a Brighton shirt. Five minutes after that, I said, I hope Palace fans rise above petty club rivals. And I, I hope Palace fans applaud Stephen Gerrard. This is why we should all follow Kevin into, <laughs> the, no, no, into, the, into the future land. Oscar Wilde said it's the mark of a gentleman to hold two contradictory opinions at the same time. <laughs> I, 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 I would be disappointed if any away fans didn't join in the applause for Julian Speroni on the last day of the season, in case yeah. it's his last game. Stephen Gerrard, for whatever reason, has stuck with one club throughout his whole career. And of course the Liverpool fans are going to celebrate him. I'd, I'd be really disappointed if Palace fans didn't join in the applause. I think they will, Stephen. won't they? I, I'm, I'm sure they, they will. will. Yeah. I'm sure they will. I hope there's some kind of visual... I hope there's a banner or something. And I hope Palace fans do... And, and if, Because sometimes you do have to rise above the tribal and you do just have to say, look... Every club would love a player to have stayed. You know, the reason we love Julian Speroni is he was a terrible goalkeeper when he joined us in 2004. He stayed through thick and thin, through really through thick and thin, and you have to love him for it. And Gerard, you know, it's thick and slightly less thick for, for Liverpool. I mean, they haven't had really bad times, but he stayed. I think for, 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 football Chelsea, fans are capable yeah. of Has doing he, things of course, like that. I, hope, I mean, the morning, the morning after uh, David Rowcastle died, there was a North London derby, Arsenal-Tottenham. The Tottenham silence was absolutely, absolutely impeccable, yeah. clapping, and clapping yeah. all the way through. I, I, I think, you know, people do underestimate football fans yeah. and their ability to Has actually have that. Has it made sense for Gerard to go Because one person ruins it. But has it made, is, 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 was it the right way for him to go? Because as I say, you, you, you really see think, these farewell tours. I don't think you want it to. You know. 
I'm getting in too many odds here from Betway, but we, we go six to four. He plays in the Premier League next season. Four? No! Yeah, four. anyone. Anyone. You really? Right, okay. yeah. As we six to do, four, is that all? Yeah. Forty percent chance. He's already said oh, well, in loads well, of interviews the, that, the, that he, he's deal. looking at. Yeah, he's looking at keeping fit, and the best way to Chelsea. do that is to come back. Chelsea. What's your? Well, what's surely, your... no, surely. Hang on, Mark. Surely, the, the only way he'd play in the Premier League next year is on loan to Liverpool, isn't it? Isn't it? Surely? Well, it could he, be no, on loan to Liverpool. He can't go be. back on loan to Liverpool after the farewell to Frank even, Sinatra. I can't no imagine. Way. I mean, Frank Lampard. I, I, I've met the, Frank a few. Frank agonised. Yeah, Frank. yeah, but it's not hurting for Gerard. This would be a good. Oh, he, he, well, talk to him about. It. I mean, he's he's agonising. Well, really? look, I, this is. This, yeah, did, I mean, well, it could easily then? be. Yeah. It could easily be a return to to, to Liverpool. This might not be no the farewell at this weekend. Wow, well, well, if you, if we're giving him a forty percent chance of coming back, then they have to be one of the contenders. But the, what's your best Gerard bet out of all? Having sat in Betway, what's your favourite one? Is that the one? No, I would say to score at the cop end at the weekend. <laughs> I think I think that that's, that could be but absolutely nailed I mean, on, I'm, couldn't I'm, it? But I'm genuinely taken aback by that because I don't. Yeah. I, I, I seriously don't think he wanted to leave. Yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons that I didn't think he would come back to. But, but he's, I, he's talked about coming back for family reasons, coming back for fitness reasons, and not staying away that whole time. And of Celtic he, have made uh, preliminary inquiries with Gerard's people as if to see if he would actually like to play in Scotland. So that could be another route. Obviously, point, it wouldn't pay out your best. I, I suppose the point it, is, he, it wouldn't be. Big, it wouldn't be any of Liverpool's supposed title rivals, would it? It couldn't be any of them. Yeah, but if I'd have said to you this time last year, Frank Lampard's going to Man City, you'd no. say yeah. to me, "You're mental." Plus, also, there's no there's no <laughs> way he can even refer to it, is there? You know, no, he no, absolutely. He couldn't even not, imply no, saying no, like, no. you know, goodbye, everyone. Or is it? He yeah. can't do that, can he? So basically, this has to be the line drawn, and then suddenly, Alain Frank Lampard, Thierry Henry, come back to again. Arsenal years and years afterwards, but after having one of the you know yeah. big send-offs in, in the yeah. Dennis Bergkamp's testimonial game. Oh my so, lord! That was different. I mean, that was years. Old. I mean, it was yeah. afterwards. This is. I mean, that's. Um, you've got yourself a scoop here, Mark, because that's. I'm genuinely taking that by that. That's <laughs> really interesting. And, and, and that's good value as well. So they go bet why then get Well, that I mean, uh, that's only good value if you think that he's, he's, he's coming back. That's, that's, the, no, way, well, that's yeah, the way we pitch I'm it. I'm a mug. I'm talking that's about the way you, we all pitch you it. Professor Stephen Hawkins yeah, up there working all the way we pitch it. You wouldn't yeah. offer odds of 6 to 4. I mean, that's, you'd offer 20 to 1. I mean, it, it, I mean those odds are based on inside. Yeah, bookies are not. It, but, Oh, Kevin, what are you saying? The, the book is based on the inside. Look at our, look at our odds before the election. Well, we yes, did get yeah, that wrong. Yeah, fair enough. I didn't mean to have a word of you about that. <laughs> well, he, he hasn't slept since then, so he's, so he's struggling. I, I slept last night, but only with the aid of Calvados. It's a lovely island. Um, <laughs> the playoffs. That's the first time in our marriage you've made me laugh for about five years. Well, you know. Genuinely, it's lovely. I just get by good looks and charm normally, it's, don't it's I? It's hope for a shirt, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> forgetting my birthday. We, 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 could get, we could get the gold. We could get the gold. Um, the playoffs, it was, uh, what was particularly interesting, you talk about, we've been chatting about, about Twitter here, he's, he's, he's Kevin set himself up for the, for the fall oh, here. Only, only last night when, uh, when we got Arsenal's on the box, you got, you got the Swindon game on the box as well. So when it's Sheffield United, and Kevin said, like, ooh, and watching Vera. Let's see Who done it from the South Shields detective? It's, it's, it's because my dad's living with us at the moment for reasons you know, and my wife, yeah. my wife said, you've watched a lot of football. Why don't we watch... Five all! Well, the worst of it, the wor- and the worst of it is... Five all, Kevin, 10-goal thriller. But when I saw the score, I assumed that was after penalties. 
I no, said there'd be including, nil-nil and it was five Including points. penalties. <laughs> yes. But that would only... I mean, I know it happened to West Brom Man United, but I think that sort of result only really happens in the playoffs. When you've Playoff got, you've got madness, two, gentlemen. You've got, two teams, you've got two teams who are both dedicated to going forward who just basically went, well, we'll try and score one more than you. Well, yeah. People who haven't, haven't had the joy or, or pain or ecstasy or whatever version of the emotions you get, playoffs is another animal entirely from football, isn't it? Yeah. This weird, yep. this, these few weeks belong to themselves, don't they? They've got nothing to do with other football. Well, the, st- the stats we throw in when we're adjusting the odds for those things, say, after a season of... You know, a whole season, players can be fatigued, defenders can make mistakes, even in matches. It's, it's a recipe for over goals. But last <laughs> night was just beyond Yeah, you belief. did do that one. But Plus I mean, eight. imagine paying 70-odd quid to be sitting at Arsenal watching them. Yeah. <laughs> and you did. Or, pay, <laughs> or paying no quid to be sitting at home watching Vera. <laughs> but do you know the, the playoffs? I'd rather I, be watching I, I do, I do, Who did it, by the way, Kevin? I do, well, I got that wrong as well. <laughs> I, do wish, I do wish there was more logic from Sky about the order in which the playoff games were were played because they, they they get very confused and they go back it's a random selection it does seem to be random but I, as they I, want the championship ones at prime times over weekends uh, they're well, not allowed sense. to play any of the other ones when the Champions League's on so they have oh, to just completely right. well, because of all those Barcelona fans who order. care about what Stephen Isbarrow doing well, well I don't know if you remember like, Liverpool yeah. had the problem with their cup replay didn't they they couldn't replay their cup game because of yeah. some Champions League matches that would have meant That's absolutely right. nothing so to back, them. That's right. two and a half weeks later, wasn't yeah. it? That's so, right. Yeah. That was, that was, was irrelevant. That, yeah. Well, that was the oddest one on Sunday night after Liverpool Chelsea that they bummed on Stevenage Southend. Still going on. No, it started after. Yeah, it started, still afterwards. Started, yeah, yeah. With, yeah. with Dave Besson, possibly the oldest football player, 56 year old Dave Besson on the bench for. I'd love to have seen Stevens. him come on as long as the you know, keeper wasn't too injured. Yeah. yeah. Or sent off, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Could have. But. But I'd, after the playoffs, I'd. Can't if if you could guarantee promotion every year at Wembley, if you could guarantee it, you'd take promotion at Wembley every year. But the, I hate the playoffs. I despise them unless I, I unless I'm I not unless I'm not in them. I can't yeah. take them. The West Ham year was the most yeah. distressing. I've got, the basically it's gone. I had I had basically show me where they touched you on on a, on a dull. You know, <laughs> I've got no <laughs> the one we the one we beat you or not the one we no beat no you. the one we went up yeah. no that no that one didn't exist. The one you you beat us. The, the, but when we it, you know the Blackpool final was there. Uh, I have a half scarf to to I'd, prove it. Alan, but, you're involved in this well, especially in the conference. Has anyone talked about? reverting back to the old ways in the first playoffs in England and the way they do it in Scotland, whereby a team in the division above gets involved. Well, it's funny you should mention that because if the conference ever get the three up, three down that they want, yeah. that has been the suggestion. Right. So we will give you an extra place, but only if you beat our third worst team. So it could happen. If it, if, if it happens again, it's most likely going to happen there. Because that, that does seem fair somewhere. If you, if you, get a chance, if you finish sixth, sixth in a division... Yeah. Somehow it seems fair that the, I, I don't think you should. I don't think they should go. Should have any chance. I, of I, 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 I thoroughly don't believe that because I love the fact that the sport of arriving with momentum and yeah. the despair of being because uh, this uh, and because I'm, I'm, I'm sort of like uh, sorry I'm going to praise here because we need to arrive at this point here because let's re- let's return to our old original love which is uh, the going up and it's second v third though as I've made it the yeah. this weekend yeah. of course isn't it. Bristol Rovers and Grizzly Town, two teams that we know as football league teams, 
Who, who's the more likely to... Who's set up best to be uh, a football league team again out of those two, would you suggest? Well, Bristol Rovers, because they've only had one year down here. Yeah. And, and amazingly, they only had one hour in the relegation spots yeah. last season. Yeah, yeah. And that was the, true. That was the worst hour to be in them. So they've uh, just woken up now. Yeah. So do, do, you know, do you know what? That has really helped them this season. You wouldn't think really? it, but it really has. When Luton Town came down, there was a lot of animosity around the club. The first manager that, that tried to take over when they were down there, Mick Harford, he, he drew a he drew nil nil against Stevenage, say October of that first season. Everyone's like, "How can we be drawing to them? They were up the road. We used to, you know, we used to." And everything got on top of them, and yeah. their negative attitude of the fans and everything else around the club meant that they took five whole seasons to go back under yeah. John Steele. And the only way they went back up under John Steele was he changed the attitude of every single fan and player to do so. Now, what's happened at Bristol Rovers how is... Did, how did he do that? Well, one fan started abusing a player coming off the pitch in November, Ronnie, Ronnie Henry, the uh, captain. And Ronnie Henry went to the side of the pitch and started having an argument with a fan and it almost came to fisticuffs. So what John Steele did... He went and got the ticket number of the fan and contacted him and said, he said, if you think you can mouth off at my players, you are coming in to take a 10-minute talk wow. before training. Don't let me down. Make sure you're there. When he got there, the players all sat and listened to him. He was very sort of, you know, he, I think he conceded a lot of points and was saying, yeah, yeah. you know, he at the moment, I'm a fan. So the players really benefited from it. Even though the guy was being critical and telling him what it was like to be a fan, they really benefited from it. So what they said to John was, we, we actually enjoyed that. We don't really like the guy because he's been mouthing off at us all season, but we really like... And you can hear him we because really he's like so hearing hearing fans in grounds, yeah. So John Steele went back to the club and he said, uh, do you mind if every single game we invite one fan into the huddle after the game? Wow. So what he did was, win, lose or draw, at Kenilworth Road, they would take a fan from around the tunnel area, be it a kid, be it, you know, any, anyone, wow. just at random, and say, you're coming into the huddle, and then that fan would go and report back, be it on Twitter or via the, the club yeah, programme, yeah, and yeah. say, yeah, we're all in it together. And they went and won the conference by nearly a record points total. Wow. There were lots of other things they did at the yeah, time, yeah. but changing that attitude was really important. And luckily for Bristol Rovers, Daryl Clark, who's there, he, he is almost one of those managers that the fans have got a lot of sympathy for because he took over at a point last season where they didn't think that they were going to do anything and he, they knew that he had a squad that was beyond the transfer window and, and couldn't really do anything with the squad. So they really got behind him and they were very unlucky that last day of the season but he actually cried on the pitch. Yeah. He cried on the pitch. It was carried in all the local media. It could have gone two ways for him because you know what football fans are like sometimes. It can be like, you know, oh, you've been a, you know, a real Jesse about that and we don't like that. But actually they got behind him. So this season started with real positivity. Even though they drew at Altrincham and had a, real, a couple of bad results, everyone got behind him and that has carried through. And I really do think they're playing some of the best football I've ever so they're seen ready. at that level. And I think they'll beat Grimsby quite comfortably at the weekend. And what do you think the crowd will be? Well, amazingly... Um, we're up to probably 60,000, which will be a record wow. for the final. How about that? Um, that's Tremendous to do with, uh, I, must, I must mention the new sponsors this season, Vanarama, because uh, they come up with a, a Vanarama big day out. And what they've done there, they've managed to do a pre-sale for all neutrals. But if you were a Bristol Rovers fan, back in January, you could have bought a ticket for a tenner and then a fiver for concessions on the gamble that your team gets there or you go to a game at Wembley and take, take your family. So they sold a lot of tickets that way. 
what I will say is just in criticism of the conference and possibly Wembley is that 41 and a booking fee now that you haven't got a pre-sale was pretty shocking. Well, Ouch! Yeah. Apart from that. What time's kick-off? Uh, the kickoff is two o'clock, which so, is perfectly excellent. Which is just the, uh, right. Yeah. Unlike last year when Gateshead fans were. Take uh, it away, lads. Yeah, yeah. Um, Gateshead yeah, fans the, were totally shafted by the kickoff time yeah, last Well, they, they, they nearly were. I mean, the, the, the first kickoff suggested by the, our, our friends at BT was. Uh, I don't think would have got them home till Monday morning, but um, luckily it was moved a little, a little bit. Who, 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 who did that? Who managed to get that? Go on, add on that as Mr. Kevin Day goes off the rest of it. I think a fan in the room might have said that's a bit out of order. Alan Algood, it doesn't do you any favours, that kind of thing. It's amazing the conference. You look at the conference now, it's like when you look at the championship and you think, that's Division 1 when I was a kid. Yeah. The amount of teams in it. And you look at the conference and you think, you forget how many teams. Considered like league teams are, are down. Well, look at Stockport so. in the Conference North. They yeah, can't yeah, even yeah. get into the playoffs, which, no, going back to your playoff Names point, that you know. Well, yeah, yeah th- 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 for the third time in four years, the fifth-place team has won that. There's only one team goes up. Yeah. So there, there's only one automatic spot. So coming second's even harsher in the conference because, or in those three conference divisions. And, yeah, and three, three times out of four years, the, the Momentum will out. Lads, lads, I'm sorry, we've run out of time. That's fact, um, but, we, but that's it. We, we've, we've gone from the very, very top of the pyramid, which uh, is the, is the apex, apex to, to, to the other end of the pyramid, <laughs> which is the bottom. <laughs> and, and on that Pythagorean note, that was the whistleblowers. Sports Social Podcast Network.